Good evening, and welcome to Bright Temple's Tuesday night service. We are at Tuesday night live tonight, and we are sharing of God's word and through Bible study. And we pray that wherever we're reaching you on tonight, that you are blessed, that God's favor is upon your life, and he has protected you and your family. Wherever you are also, we pray that you are encouraged wherever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with right now. God is yet on the throne. God is still in control. And God knows exactly what you need. So we praise God for that, even tonight. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, these few moments that we have to share with your people. Lord, allow your word to go forth with clarity. May it be applied to the hearts and minds and spirits of those who are listening. May they be strengthened, encouraged. May they be enriched by your word. And Lord, may everything that you've spoken over their lives, Lord, not only shall it come to pass, but Lord, may their faith leave breadcrumbs of evidence of what you're about to do next for them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And God bless you. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord on tonight. And if you'll follow us to Acts 2 and 1. On Sunday, we shared a message about the purpose of Pentecost. And tonight, we want to follow up with the unity of Pentecost. We want to talk about the unifying power of Pentecost. Acts 2 and 1 says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. They were all together in one place. Now I want you to follow me to John 17, John 17, St. John 17 and 21 reads like this. This is Jesus speaking to the father. He says that they all may be one as you father are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. I want to talk tonight a little bit about the unity of Pentecost. We were talking about the purpose of Pentecost, but we want to talk about the unifying principle of Pentecost. We saw in the scripture there when we were looking at Acts 2 and 1, that one of the most important elements of what happened in the advent of the Holy Spirit is that the people that were there, they were gathered together. They were gathered in one place. They were gathered with one purpose. The King James Version says they were all on one accord in one place. But here our version says when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. They were all together in one place. I think the Bible could have easily said they were all in one place and not have used the word together. It seems a little redundant. But when you consider how the King James Version translation also says they were all on one accord in one place, it seems to suggest not only unity of presence, but also unity of purpose. Not only unity of presence, but unity of purpose. And that's something that I think as Christians, two of the things that we need to accomplish a little more often, both the unity of presence and the unity of purpose, which means that we can be in different places, but we're still serving the same God. 
we should be able to come together no matter what our dogmas or creeds or religions or whatever our denominations may say, no matter how our titles may differ, no matter how our uh, systems of of those being ordained or those being elevated to the ministry, no matter how those things and hierarchies may differ, we ought to have unity of the faith that we are serving the same God, that we are all beneficiaries of Christ's great sacrifice for us on the cross. I believe Pentecost should be a time to be reminded of the importance of coming together of us emphasizing our similarities instead of our differences. Our faith should be the same, one God, one faith, one baptism. Our, our, our belief in we're serving the same God, we believe in Jesus Christ. And our spirit that God passes on to us, the Holy Spirit. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. He said, but I will leave one with you who shall guide you into all truth. When he's leaving us the Holy Spirit, we ought to have not only unity of faith, but unity of spirit. We're not serving or we're not embodying different spirits, but it is the spirit of the Holy Spirit through God that Christ has left with us after he ascended back to heaven. Considering that we have one spirit, then it should quash all the other petty differences that might come to try to separate us. And yes, today, so many things are there to separate us. We shared a bit on Sunday that, you know, we're separated by race and by culture, by creed, and by ethnicity. Seem to uh, separate ourselves now by denominations and uh, contemporary versus traditional worship services and contemporary versus traditional music. So many other things that come to divide us. Then there's COVID comes along and there's virtual worship versus in-person worship and so many other things that we have found. It seems like we are seeking reasons to be divided instead of finding our common purpose in the spirit, finding our commonality in the spirit of Christ, exercising the commonality of the Holy Spirit that is operating in each and every one of us. If we have God's spirit operating in us, then that should be the connective glue that binds us together. And no petty difference has the power to sever that bond that ties us together. We need to find more reasons to agree than to seek out reasons to disagree. Sometimes I, I see people they're arguing on social media and a lot of times you want to stay above the fray, but sometimes you see some things and it's hurtful, it's harmful. Some of the things that the things that we lob at each other, how we have so little regard for each other, so little regard for the words we say that offend others, so little regard for uh, hurting others' feelings. In fact, we have titles and words now that we use saying that people are too sensitive, which seems to give us um, greater courage to hurt people's feelings and gives us a greater bandwidth to, to hurt people on a bigger scale. As if hurting others and harming others or proving others wrong or making others feel small is a petty game that we play 
that for some for some reason we play even though it garners us no prize. There is no prize that is awarded to us for making others feel bad, for making others feel small, for making others feel insignificant, unimportant, or making ourselves feel larger or smarter than others. And none of that of which I spoke embodies the spirit of Christ. That is not what Christ did. Christ, when he came to the world, he was the picture of humility. Even though he knew more than everybody, he knew much more, vastly more than anyone who could challenge him. But yet, even in those who had bad intent, Christ found a humble way to cause them to be introspective, cause them to think about what they were saying, to think about themselves instead of trying to strike out and show how, in, how superior he was in knowledge and in stature. I think that is certainly the, the example that we should be following. Christ is not looking at us to esteem ourselves more highly than we ought. But we ought to do the opposite. We ought to esteem our brother and our sister above ourselves. Because in any, anything, no matter what the principle may be, I think it was Bishop Noel Jones that shared with someone and he said we ought to esteem the person above the principle. We ought to be concerned about humanity and the plight of humanity above all else. Yes, we want everyone to find the unity of the spirit and to find their way to Christ. But we must first show that we have humility. We must first show that we have compassion. Because in doing so, we're showing Christ through our humility. We're showing Christ through our compassion. And in a world where it seems like knowing the most and smacking people down with your superior knowledge is the way to behave yourself, that is not the way of Christ. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples because you have love for one another. And in a, in a demonstration of love, no greater demonstration of love than to esteem others above yourself, to live with humility to live with compassion, to attempt to achieve the unity that we see amongst these people who are gathered in the upper room for the sake of receiving God's gift of the Holy Spirit. They were all together in one place. But not only were they in one place, and that seems to be something that's difficult to, for us for so many reasons, race, ethnicity, politics, who we voted for, whether you're Democrat, Republican, whether you're liberal or conservative. So many talking heads are out there trying to separate us and even amongst the clergy, some who find that their political stance is more important than their call to administer God's gospel. It seems insane to say that ministers and preachers out there preaching politics over teaching people how to get to Christ. Our job as Christians is pretty simple. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. He's saying, I'll do the hard part if you just point people in my direction. But one thing you don't want to do is to esteem yourself too highly and point at yourself. Because when you do, people see all of your flaws. Certainly come to grips with this. 
because of COVID and being virtual and streaming and being on camera, I'll just say is can be exhausting in itself because all your input imperfections are on display. It's something that you are consciously aware of all the time. But it is my job and it is my goal to not point people to my to me and the goal of the Christian and the goal of the minister, the missionary is not to point people to you because all they'll find is more flaws and more imperfections. But your goal is to point them to Christ. And the thing about it is the more time they spend looking at Christ, the more they are drawn to him. I heard that we sang a song in our tradition every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. The more time they spend looking up on him and seeking out him for advice, seeking him for counsel, looking on his example, the closer they become to him, the more at peace they are, the more they find their faith. They find themselves relying more and more upon him. So I pray in finding the unity that Pentecost exudes. That we'll find ourselves not pointing at other people, telling them how wrong they are or how inferior they are. Not pointing at ourselves just so people can look at us closer and find our imperfections. But rather always, always pointing in the direction of Christ. Showing people that there is a better way. I pray that we find that unity in helping others find their path to Christ. They were all together in one place. They were of the same mindset. And that's something else I think we ought to aspire to. Not only the, the ability to, to worship in one place and not allow the, the, the noise on the outside to separate us even more. But also once we're in the right, in the same place, that we're focused on Christ. That we're focused on having a connection with Christ. We're focused on having an experience with Christ, no matter where you go. And that, that doesn't matter what, what type of contemporary or traditional worship service you may attend, whether the lights are off, the lights are on, whether it's a traditional pulpit and carpet, or whether it's a stage set up with lights and smoke machines. Doesn't matter if it's CCM music or traditional gospel hymns, no matter what type of music you're confronted with. No matter what type of setup you see, no matter the, even the people who surround you, it's not about the people around you. It's not about how the church is set up. It's not about the lights. It's not about the style of music. It's about getting closer to Jesus Christ. And if we truly, if that's truly our aim and truly our goal, I believe you can find that anywhere. No matter where you go, you will find that. My dad often told the story and I'm finished. He told the story of a old lady who went to a church and it was a little country church. She went there and that morning the choir and the musicians didn't seem to be on the same page. The choir was singing in one key. The musician was playing in another key and they never seemed to find each other anywhere during any of the songs. So the pastor got up and when he got up, he got confused about whether he was speaking about Peter or whether he was speaking about Paul. And he started, he got a little befuddled and his scripture was a little bit mixed up and his, his lesson, it seems like the meaning of his message was a little bit lost. However, all through the service, 
even while the choir and the musicians were not together. There was a little old lady on the front row and she, there were tears in her eyes and her hands were made lifted and hands were made lifted and her head eyes were looking towards heaven and she was crying and shouting loudly and praising God and, 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 and yelling hallelujah. It seems like she was having a passionate moment through the songs. When the pastor got confused about who he was talking about and read the wrong scriptures and seemed to have lost himself somewhere in the message, her hands were yet lifted, her eyes were yet focused up, and she was crying, her tears were falling from her face, and she was yelling loudly, praising God and saying hallelujah. After the service was over, one of the neighbors on the pew came and spoke to the elderly mother and said, Mother, how, why, why were you praising God like that? Said the, 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 the choir was not together. The pastor got lost in his message. She said, sir, I came to see Jesus. And she said, that's exactly what I saw. I saw Jesus. So even when the song wasn't right, she wasn't looking at the choir. She was looking to Jesus. And even when the pastor was confused and the scripture didn't match up with the point, she simply saw Jesus. And I believe if we have that same focus, that same unity, that same together, if we're all on one accord in one place in our lives, in our testimonies, in our interactions with each other, and yes, even in us seeking God, no matter where we worship, I believe that's the type of unity that Pentecost attempts to seek attempts to teach us that we ought to see Jesus in everything. We ought to look for him in everything, every area and at work. We ought to seek out the more of God. We ought to be focusing on opportunities to share a message, to share the word, to share. Not only we're not just out witnessing with our words, but witnessing with your smile. You can witness with your face. Yeah. You ought to have, I always say, the, the joy of Christ in your heart ought to make it to your face at some point. You ought to have a welcoming embrace with your smile. You ought to, people ought to be able to talk to you and feel warm, the warmth of Christ, the light of Christ shining through you. If Christ is our focus and not the name of our church, the denomination or how we worship, then we can really get down to what Pentecost is all about. It's my prayer. It's my plea. It's my desire. Not only at our church, but at every church in our community, at every church in the world, that we have that same focus that they had on the day of Pentecost, that we can all be together on one accord in one place. Because the spirit of Christ that is in us has the power to connect us and not only connect us, it can fend off anything that tries or attempts to divide us. Jesus said on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of division, the gates of politics, the gates of race and ethnicity. The gates of anything that tries to tear that church apart shall not prevail. Praise God. May I pray with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these few moments that we've had to share your word with your people. Lord, help us to find unity amongst our brethren. 
Too many people in this world are hurting right now for our church to be divided. Too many people need the church right now too much for us to be engaged in petty squabbles over things that make no difference. Help us to seek the unity of Pentecost. Help us to seek the togetherness that these people had when the Holy Spirit literally fell upon them. And may we operate in that spirit. May you power our purpose and strengthen us to reach the world, to reach the lost for the sake of Christ. Lord, we ask these things in my son Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Pray that you've been encouraged, strengthened by what you've heard. I pray that this will be a blessing to you and to those who are around you, those who you see on a daily basis. Remember, you can't. everybody cannot be brought maybe to your pastor or to your leader, but you, wherever you are, you are the light of Christ wherever you are. To you, to somebody, you are what being a Christian is all about. That's a big responsibility. But remember, somebody is going to say your name, whoever you are, and they're going to say that's how a Christian acts. That's how a Christian behaves. That's how a Christian treats other people. It's a big responsibility. But be mindful of that in your interactions. Be mindful in that in how you treat other people. Not only are they watching, but so also is God watching. Let us be unified and let us be part of the solution and not the problem. May the words we speak not bring division in the faith, but may the words we speak help bring unity in the faith. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.